When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello there, I'm Tony Gow and you are listening to We Are West Ham Podcast. listening to the we are west ham podcast for the last time of the season with me will Pugh, james jones and tom edwards and west ham united thank god finished 16th a pretty disappointing season all round but me james and tom we signed him on loan a bit of a thomas suchek signing like we picked him up midway through the season but me and james have been with you Nearly a full year now, a full calendar year. We started out at Love Sport Radio, then we were back at home, and now for the first time in quite a few months, we're all sitting here in person. I'm looking at James's face again, first time for a long time, and Tom's, of course. We'll go on to the season, the proper review in a minute. A bit of a disappointing one, but Josie, lovely to see you again, and your hair does not look as bad as you said it did. <laughs> no, no, it's good to see you guys. Um, I, think, I think my haircut looks looks lovely. The, the barber wasn't too happy about it. Um, you got a bit of stick for Lucy, who done the first one, did you? Yeah, he said um, Lucy did it twice over over lockdown, and um, he said called dodgy haircut. Uh, but at least I had an excuse. Um, when I told her, she wasn't too pleased. No. Um, gave the excuse that she's not a not a trained barber, which I'm not buying. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, how how hard could it be? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I didn't realise that she'd left some bits long and some bits short on the top there, but the, the actual bit that I can't see in my head. So um, other than that. Oh, great. Well, it's an outstanding rescue job. It's a David Moyes in at West Ham equivalent, <laughs> I think, of haircuts over there. Fair Tom, enough. your hair is as bang average as ever, but it's lovely to see you again, mate. How uh, how are you and how are you feeling? Good, mate. Like like Jonesy said, good to be back with the lads. It's It's been too long, but yeah, the barnet's always a bit dodgy average. I'm, I'm in that weird in-between stage where not sure what to go for next, but we'll see. I'll, I'll maybe throw something out there for next season, but... Yeah, mate, very good. We stayed up. It was pretty bang average all round. So decent, mate. Absolutely. Well, look, it's the it's the last time that we'll we'll be with you for this season. We're going to take a short break after after this, just to give me and the lads a bit of a chance to refresh, just like the players will be doing. Whether or not our preseason will be as intense as the one that David Moyes will be putting the squad through, I'm not so sure. But on this evening's show, we've got absolutely loads to cover we've got the headlines of the week obviously the Manchester United the Aston Villa draws it was a superb end to the season but of course we have seen this before Uh, it's all about next season now everyone talking about let's hope we can build I'm pretty sure that we all said that last year when we finished 10th 
under Manuel Pellegrini. And look where we are now. We'll have a look through who's going to be on the transfer list this summer, what players we want to be bringing in. We'll do a quick season review because it feels like an absolute age since we began with the 5-0 home thrashing to Manchester City. And of course, we'll do some awards. Me, James and Tom will be giving you our alternative player of the year, the goal of the season, sign of the season, flop of the season. And that won't just be the flop of the season on the We Are West Ham podcast, who is, of course, no doubt, Charlie Hawkins, who left us midway through. (laughs) However, busy one tonight, lads. James, I'll start with you, as I always do. The last two games... Man United and Aston Villa, excellent point at Old Trafford in hindsight. Probably could have nicked it. Aston Villa, dross, really. They had a lot more to play for. The game was pretty dull until the drama at the end. Were you buzzing with it or just, thank God, get it out of the way? Uh, buzzing might be a little bit strong. I think. <laughs> um, I mean, I was happy. that the, I was very surprised with the point at Old Trafford, given the form United were in and you know their front three. And the form they're in, I, I did not expect us to to get a point, let alone go one nil up. Um, but then the the Villa game, I mean, we were expecting that one to be winner takes all, weren't we? So the point at Old Trafford ensured that it wasn't the case, and we just played like a classic. Yeah, yeah, we've done the job. Um, don't really care what happens to Villa. We're just going to play a game of football, and if they beat us, they beat us. If they don't, they don't. <laughs> and I, I think that's all summed up in the fact that we scored the flukiest goal we've scored all season as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wasn't that surprised when when Villa scored. It was more like a nah, don't really care as long as we're safe. Um, and then I was sort of just a little bit sort of joyful when Yarmolenko scored that fluky goal. I was a bit like, oh, <laughs> look um, how good we are. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh yeah. Well, at least we're going to end four games unbeaten, one defeat, and seven. And it's a nice way to end. Tom, uh, how do you feel? Because I mean, it's been West Ham's performances aside, it's been the weirdest of all football seasons for everyone, of course the coronavirus and the weirdest of years for everyone uh, outside of football but for my sort of lingering feelings at the end of it all is definitely thank god it's over I mean the long and short of it is we've finished 16th I think we are one of those few teams where lockdown probably did us a favour but what how are you feeling at the moment because it's right off the back of it uh, we're literally right off the end of the season it's a bit of a heat at the moment feeling still I know I've had a couple of days to let it sink in but what are your general sort of feelings and thoughts about it all I'm actually overall I'm, I'm happy the Premier League got it done and we, we were able to see the season out and have a proper end to it because I remember what must have been a month or so ago when I said to us lot that I don't think it should go ahead and blah 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 but I was with you mate yeah I agree yeah, yeah and I think it's actually it's proven to be brilliant I mean everyone's got what they wanted from it I get well other than the team's relegated, but the season's played out. No one can really have any question marks or problems. 90 minutes have been played and all the games have been played, 38 games for every team. And for us personally, I mean, like you say, relief that we're up. We're another year where we could potentially have hope again, which will probably kill us. <laughs> but we go again. And I think that you're right, restart, we looked brilliant. Like Other than the first two games, I think we sort of had a new identity to the team. We had different threats. We looked like we had a bit more of a a way we're going to play and a bit of a David Moyes had put a bit of a stamp on his team and definitely a positive end to the season we had some really good results the United game was one I was probably weirdly the most happy with because they had a lot to play for we had next to nothing we were already virtually safe I know not mathematically at that point but we came out there we dominated the ball for large parts and we created enough chances to win that game so for me that was the one where I thought maybe we could be onto something here so I'm I'm overall happy with the restart since the restart I'm happy yeah fair Jonesy I think what's what gets to me and what has niggled at me all season long 
and not just for this season to be fair for a few seasons basically since we left Upton Park I know it's happened to uh, to lots and lots and lots of our fans not everyone and we're always keen on this podcast to you know we, we speak our views don't we? we try and stay a little bit measured on it we say how we feel but we appreciate as well that lots of people within the large fan base at West Ham have got feel different Ultimately, at one point this season, you had thousands of fans marching against the board once again, which isn't, other than Newcastle, there isn't that sense. And perhaps Arsenal, up to, but they've moved with Arteta, and he's mm. a fantastic manager, started really well. Whether or not they'll back him this summer is a different different question. But for bigger picture, so if you step back, we, we do it, this podcast is a weekly podcast, so we look at the games, how we've played, and for most of the time this season, oh, it's awful. But this is probably the time to stand back and reflect about where the club is as a whole. Like I say, this time last year, we were having a conversation going, fair play, Manuel Pellegrini, first season properly in charge, finished 10th. Yeah, we'll take that. What a good platform to build on. What What are your thoughts, bigger picture-wise, bearing in mind that we did at one stage this season have 7,000, according to some reports, 2,000 according to some reports, but thousands of fans marching on the London Stadium? Nothing's changed off the pitch. Um, it, it's, I think COVID come at the right time for the club, given that those protests were... 100%. Were up, you know, sort of, they were picking up pace. You know, we spoke to the Newcastle fan a few weeks ago and you know, they were talking about doing a combined protest, the Newcastle fans and West Ham fans. Um, and I don't think that's going to go away. The moment fans are allowed back in stadiums, I think we're going to see... Then you know those plans restart again. Um, but the, the frustrating thing for me is that you know, if you look at our history in the Premier League, there is no. We do well one season and then we build on that following season. There's always we have one good season and then we follow it up with a poor season. Um, and you know that's that's an issue that we've got to address next because you're not going to get anywhere. You know, forget all these promises that you know they've made and broken and you know the fans you know are desperate for European football or we want better football in the ground, but. Forget all that. What, what they've got to start doing is either um, having two or three consistent seasons where that's not consistent batting relegation but consistent mid-table and then start pushing from there. But at the moment, we're having a mid-table season followed up by a relegation battle and then a relegation battle that ends up being a sort of a, a, a middle a, a middle second half finish and, and it's just getting a little bit frustrating. Um, and, you know, as Tom said um, earlier on, you know, last year... It was, yeah, we can push on, finish 10th in the Premier League. Pellegrini's done a good season. And here we are now, only just stayed in the Premier League. But that is it, isn't mm. it? And that's, that's what's, to be yeah. honest, it's really irritated me already. Since the season's finished, everyone's going, oh, we've finished the season really well and all that sort of thing. And I just feel like you're just buying into the hype and the PR machine. And I know Mark Noble made 500 appearances and that is brilliant and I know Thomas Suchek looks quite good that's okay but we've had quite good looking players before Philippe Anderson looked excellent last season didn't he mm. I just think mm. it's really difficult for me this year to feel really excited or because we were literally here this time last season we'd finished 10th and it was like okay we're halfway there and I, all this stuff, as soon as Pellegrini was sacked and Moyes brought back in, coming out of the club that says, oh, yeah, we were never really sure about Pellegrini and we tried that sexy soccer as Martin Allen came on this podcast and, mm. and called it under Pellegrini. Well, no, hang, well, hang on a minute, Mr Gold or Mr Sullivan or 
the any anyone giving interviews or, or quotes coming out of West Ham about Pellegrini, you weren't saying that when you hired him. You hired him and all of a sudden as soon as it didn't work out, it was like, Yeah, we never we never really thought we always thought David was the best option. Well, actually the fact he's on a third of the wages is probably why you thought he was the best option. And I just find it really difficult to look at the club the bigger picture mm. at the moment. Mm. And and but I can't I can't I really, really is frustrated. I'm not I'm not one to go on Twitter and have big Twitter barneys with people and this this is sort of the this is where my voice, if you like, especially on West Ham, comes out, other than if I'm boring the pants off my dad with it at the actual game. <laughs> I just think, how how can you at the moment go, oh, yeah, you know, mm. it's, it, it, there's really lots to build on. I know the players put it out on their Instagrams and their Twitters because that's part of the package, isn't it? It's part of their contract and they're told to big up the club they're not going to be going ah yeah well classic like just classic West Ham we've finished 16th and we'll probably finish 13th again next year I'm finding it Mm. really hard at the moment to buy into all that and feel any sense of positivity at all Mm. because we weren't supposed to finish 16th this year do you am I on my own there Tom? No no I'm, I'm with you in the sense that it is another season where we have failed I mean we have unbelievably underperformed. We're probably the team who's who's underperformed the most for what the expectation was from widespread media, people in the know, the squad we have, the money we spent. And it's about starting to make the right moves in terms of correct recruitment. I'm not saying Hannah's a bad player, but recruiting players who will suit our style, not just spending money willy-nilly. And it's come out that Haller wasn't the striker that Pellegrini wanted yet. He still spent 45 million. And that is the crux of the problem. They're doing that to appease people and appease the media and get people on their side and make them feel like we've spent a lot of money when we have, but in the wrong areas for wrong people at wrong times. And I think as much as there is a chance to be negative and it's absolutely another season which has been lost and wasted in another year when we've not given enough to the Cups, we we finished well. Susek looks a good player. Bowen looks a good player. Now we have an opportunity this window to go out and refresh the squad, get rid of the likes of Lanzini and Anderson who are picking up big money and get enough money in to then go out and get the young players that we're, we're so desperate for who will come in and care of a point to prove like Jared Bowen and Susek who have got a lot to prove to everyone when they came to the club and they've shown that with their performances and I think the window's always a, <clears throat> always a tough period for the club and fans because there's always potential that they're going to get it very wrong and that fans are going to be upset but then there's the potential for Moyes to or whoever it is who's making the transfer calls get some fresh meat in change the way of the club and get rid of those players who we've carried around for five six years who pick up big wages over the hill we've seen their best football and we can maybe start making that movement now to actually get young energy and a different dynamic to the club I don't disagree with that I think from my point of view it's cautious optimism um, going into <laughs> you said that last season yeah, you said yeah. that to me last summer is, is that what I said I can't really yeah, remember but, I wrote um, it down James says he's cautiously <laughs> optimistic I mean, it, is, so it, is, it is purely because I mean we've been here before like, I must have said it this last season as well <laughs> we've been here before you know, so this, in this, this is We Are West Ham podcast episode, or just repeat like the ones it's basically Dave or Gold isn't it yeah. the old only fools yeah. and horses this is what we're doing on <laughs> We Are West Ham yeah, now this is it I mean what, what I mean is that you know, we've ended the season relatively well with good form, but you know, as Tom said, there needs to be a huge um, refresh of the squad. Uh, and this, if that doesn't happen, then we're going to be in the same boat next season. And it'd be interesting to see how David Moyers and the club and sort of you know those upstairs actually react to what we need to do 
in terms of refreshing the squad. And it's not just a case of getting rid of Lanzini and Anderson that you know seem to be a little bit out of favour um, with David Moyes and are picking up big wage you know wage packets. But at the same time, replacing them with the right players—that's our biggest problem—is that we think right, we'll get the get the high earners off the wage bill, and we'll replace them with oh more high earners that don't know anything <laughs> about the football club that don't. The, the gen- I mean, I'm glad we haven't gone for Adam Lallana for a start. I mean, he's oh, that, oh, screamed West Ham. I mean, I thought here we go, but he's picked, he's picked up 90 grand a week at, at Brighton, and I mean, I mean, he's, he's going to play five games because he's going to get injured, and you know, some, I thought that was going to be us. I'm glad it's not us. Kept out of the team by Leandro. We just Trossard. didn't have the money we exactly. wanted him, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, so we, we've got to do it right, and you know, Moyes has already shown that, you know, with Jared Bowen and Suchek in in January that. You know, he's got a good idea of who he wants to bring in, the right sort of player with the right sort of attitude. Both of those players have shown that they want to play for West Ham. You know, the way Suchek has, has fit in at the club um, and the, what he's said since, you know, screams a player that wants to improve, wants to impress, wants to play for the badge. We need more players like that. Uh, and if we don't do that, then we're going to be back here again. I'll be saying exactly the same thing in 12 months' time. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, that, so that's my problem, right? At the moment, you know what? Moyes, fair play to him because I think... Fair play on on one hand. On half of it, I think, you know, fair play because he has done a good job. In what an awful bit like Steve Bruce, just going in. He was the only one thinking, talking positively, saying, I can do it, you know, and generally feeling good about it. Fair play to him because he's done what he was supposed to do. He'll he'll get a new deal, I would imagine, over the summer. Slightly improved. Still won't be on anywhere near Pellegrini's wages, but it'll it'll, it'll be a, a pay rise for him. I do think no one else was that interested in him before, so it's not like oh, cheers, David, for coming to help us out. I think it was a benefited both parties at first. However, yes, David Moyes seems to have an eye on or a better eye for players. Do you feel, and I'm very aware that you know this is only the introduction section, we've got lots more to cover in the show, so we'll wrap it up quickly, but do you feel that David Moyes has changed, nothing else has changed at that football club since Pellegrini was hired, as in the hierarchy-wise and who's involved in recruitment and transfers and that sort of stuff? Do you feel that David Moyes has that final say? Because... Tom, mm. I'll throw to you because mm. like Ryan Fredericks, for example, that is one of those things that's, again, week in, week out, which I see on Twitter every day. Oh, we need to be buying more championship players who are good. OK, I know Jared Bowen's good, but bearing in mind, we've also got Ryan Fredericks and we signed Jordan Hugill last time David Moyes was in charge. It's not just as simple as go into the championship and buy someone who's scoring good goals there because they'll be really good for West Ham. It doesn't always work like that. Mm. And I think the general, like you mentioned mm. recruitment there, Tom, I don't want to, I've already started this on quite an angry, uh, depressing yeah, feeling. I'm very, very <laughs> sorry, lads. But, Tom, talk yeah. to me about that because mm, no. I'm just, I think... All that mm. James said there, I agree. Mm. But what what happens in six mm. weeks' time and the season starts again and we go, oh, remember in that episode and James said this and we go, oh, yeah, none of that happened, did it? How oh, great. Should we get yeah. ready for another season of the same podcast every week, the same stuff on Twitter, the same stuff coming out of the club and West Ham finishing 13th again? No, I'm with you. I think it, I think that's that's the crux. The, the hierarchy is going to be the thing that Moyes has to overcome and the worry when we got him in in the first place was, one, that he wouldn't be good enough to, to do the job to keep us up, but secondly, that they have done that because they've got a yes man who desperately needed us to keep relevant in the footballing world before he was out managing somewhere in Saudi Arabia. So they've got a man in who was actually not earning that much, but with a big bonus to stay up, I think, £1 million. 
and basically, I think it was yeah, two, two one yeah. or two, and he's and basically he's been brought in because I think the owners are very confident that he is desperately needs our club to do well, and whatever they say will pretty much go. And the rumours coming out is that we've got zero transfer budget now. Um, unless we sell players so it's not like he can go out and say I want this player he's got to get rid of players first and that's difficult enough to get rid of a player on 80 grand a week playing in the Premier League to then ship him out so that's my only worry is if he can get over it and and I really hope he can and that he's strong enough and sticks by his principles and and makes a real good go because I think he does as Jonesy said have a good eye for players and I think well so far had a good eye for players and Bowen and Susek had come in and done well and he probably has earned a bit of trust from the board to say, go on, we'll give you a bit of money and do it. The only worry is how much of a yes man is he going to be because that that's when we'll, we'll come a kipper because if he doesn't go out and it just says, look, I need to be at West Ham, I need to stay in a Premier League club, then we will go nowhere because the owners will fleece him and get away with whatever they can and sign whoever they can and they're probably angry they missed out on Lalana to be honest the board <laughs> <laughs> absolutely well Tom Edwards coming up with a new phrase there coming a kipper I've never heard that one before and I hope I hear it again in the future but thanks in uh, no small part to me we've gone over quite a long time on this this first introductory segment me and the boys haven't seen each other in person for months so we're obviously feeling far more conversational than usual but stick with us because we will chat about the hammer of the year the season review and a few of our awards and of course as always the rogue mystery players quiz the last one of the season coming up right at the end of the podcast so stick with us for all of that next You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast, the last one of the season. Me and the boys will be having a three-week break, just like the players. We are professionals, just as they are, so we need a little bit of time to reflect and rest, although I don't think me and Jones, who will be jetting off to Marbella to have a few, you know, being pictured on the beach, big bottles of vodka, surrounded by supermodels. Those days are behind you, aren't they, James? Oh, yeah, miles behind me. No chance. <laughs> Tom. I'll pretend, I'll pretend. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Yeah, Tom, I'll you pretend. can, yeah, you Sit can. in the garden. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get a taxi to Gatwick and pretend I'm heading off places. Yeah, if you can, just get on outside the first class yeah, exactly. lounge and then we won't hear a peep out of you. Have a, have, have a sunbed and then tell everyone you're exactly. away, yeah. Well, look, we've, uh, we've started the show. It was, it was quite a, an angry, passionate, emotional start to the show, mainly from me because, to be quite honest, I'm getting, finding it a little bit difficult to get upbeat and buzzing about the fact that Okay, we had a good end to the season, but ultimately West Ham United finished 16th, which is six places lower than the 10th place we finished last year. However, let's move on from that now. Let's forget about it and let's hope that in six weeks' time, Jonesy, we're not bemoaning the lack of transfer activity. So, Declan Rice, Hammer of the Year. For me, an absolute no-brainer. Got my vote without even thinking twice about it. Lots of people claiming that Angelo Ogbonna should have been the man. Jonesy, I'll throw to you first. General thoughts on Decker's winning Hammer of the Year? Uh, deserving of it. I won't take that away from him. I voted for Angelo Ogbonna. Did you really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Just so everyone listening at home, I did not know that before I did that little intro to this piece, and now I'm even more angry than I was in the first <laughs> bit. <laughs> you have to no, muzzle him. I just thought, you know, I mean, part of me thinks that, don't get me wrong, Declan Rice has been fantastic this season. I played every single minute in the Premier League. Uh, but I just think Angelo Bonner, uh, when, and I know everyone would say, well, we leaked a lot of goals, but I think we would have leaked a hell of a lot more if it wasn't for him at the back. He's had to deal with being, have it, you know, he's played on three three different part, partners at the mm. back. Uh, if you include Rice, who had a couple of games back there, and he's just been the most solid defender we, we've had 
this season. Um, and I just think, you know, he's been at the club for five years, deserves a little bit of credit. <laughs> he deserves yeah. one after all this he, he time. Just, no, he just deserves a bit of credit because, you know, first couple of years he kind of went under the radar a little bit and um, I just feel like, you know, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. And uh, part of me thinks as well, and like I've said a million times, that Declan Rice, you know, is a deserving winner. Is it a, a call from the fans to go, look, we'll vote you hammer of the year? We love you, please don't go. No, no, um, it's not. And no, I, I reckon, I mean, I'm going to say it again, he deserves to win the award, but where there were a lot of fans going, I quite fancy Andrew Bonnet, he's been absolutely superb, but I've got to vote for Rice just to show him that I love him and I want him to stay. No way in a thousand years, because yeah. <laughs> I can't, West Ham conceded the fifth most goals in the Premier League, 62 goals. He would against. have been first most. Well, yeah, but if it no, wasn't he was, listen, it was good, but I see your point massively. On this logic, how can you give the best player of the season to someone whose sole job it is to stop the ball going in the net and out of the 20 teams in the Premier League, we conceded the fifth most goals? At times, he's been a one-man defence. Okay, at times, he's, he's, he's got us I'm out of a though. lot of trouble. He, he, even in games we have gone on winning or we've gone on to could have been catastrophic that we've lost, I think he has stood up in he's, a very poor defence. He's a, clearly a leader. Players love him. Rice even said that he would have been my hammer of the year. But for me, just just Rice is Rice in that team is just so far and above anyone's level that for me, I'm, I've had to go to him. He's, he's the master of the last ditch tackle, and <laughs> right? and 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 if even if the champions go, no, 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 it's him over there. You would have had my vote. Says all you need to know. <laughs> well, it doesn't, does it? It's easy for him to say that, isn't it? Once he's but, won it. I'll say it again. Oh, I really thought Angelo should win I've it. I've said it before Declan. and I'll say it again for the, for the fifth time in the last 60 seconds. I'm happy Declan Rice won it. You know, he was a deserving winner. Right. But my vote went to Angelo Bonner, I mean, who that, was also I, a deserving winner. Tom, just tell mm. me quickly before I mm. throw this can of lager yeah. at James's head. Who did you <laughs> vote for? for I did I did vote for Rice. I mean, it you was... Should, you should have gone for Roberto. Just for, <laughs> yeah, just to... So, he, he tried to get his shirt on eBay, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, mate, it had to go Rice. I just think he's he's... Purely because he is one of the you best players I've seen. It, He's one of the best players I've seen in a West Ham shirt, to be honest with you, which is obviously I've probably seen a lot less than you have. But he is, he is without doubt one of the best players I've seen. And I think it just came a time when he probably needed... I wasn't thinking about the move, but I was definitely thinking he probably deserves some sort of recognition here now, Rice. He's done very well for us for three years. It's about time he won the big one and he's deserved I've it. I've done five. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely ludicrous stuff from James Jones as ever. And I feel like us being in person, Jonesy, it brings out that argumentative nature again. I feel like we were too nice to each other over Zoom. It's what we? I love about us most. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the old days sitting across from each other in the Love Sport Radio studio, both of our faces getting redder and redder. We've got Charlie in between <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, it's all right, lads. It's only football. It's the best seat in the house for me. <laughs> absolutely. Well, look, with Declan Rice, he won Hammer of the Year. He's the only one being linked with £80 million moves away. However, if Chelsea come in with £80 million for old Bonner, I'll be certainly pretty happy if they stump up that cash. What, what Frog Bunner? Yeah, you, you think he's worth more than that? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> D- double it and then, and, and then we'll start talking. Bottom well, market. Well, look, I think um, whether or not... I, I, I do agree. I think Angelo Bono certainly... Um, well, Bonner has certainly raised his raised his status among, among the fans. And it sounds like among a lot of the players he's clearly a, a favourite under Moyes and yeah if we can hold on to him Diop's been a little bit disappointing alongside him after an impressive first season same with Balbuena but we'll leave that one behind us transfer list boys outgoings you've mentioned them already 
Tom mm. Manuel Lentini, Philippe Anderson. We did a shotgun poll last week, didn't we, on the podcast, Jonesy, about Sebastian Haller and Anderson. Just saying, look, is it one of those summers where you just have to swallow your pride a bit as a club and say, look, I know we spent a lot of money on them, we've got it wrong in the past, and rather than cutting your nose off to spite your face and persisting with them because you spent the money just so you don't want to have a bruised ego, do you put the good of the club in front of that and say, you know, perhaps we get rid of those two players. Mm. We we might take a 20 million hit on Anderson. We might take a... Maybe Haller. I don't. I'm not sure about Haller mm. getting rid of him necessarily. But what what are your thoughts on on who needs to go out, Tom? I'll go at you first. I think um, Lanzini. He's been a good servant, same as Ogbonna. Five probably tough years. He'll he'll regret every year. But um, he's <laughs> he's given us great moments. He's been a quality player at points. But I just think ever since that injury before the Argentina World, well, when he was going to go to the 2018 World Cup and he was probably going to start for them, and he got that cruciate ligament one. He's never been the same player. He's lost that half of half yard of pace, which allowed him to get away from players and create something. And I think it's time he went, and we should cash in on him. Anderson and Yarmolenko again. I think they're both pretty handy players. Anderson was a personal favourite of mine last year. One of them, I'd say, one of them. And then Haller, I think, is it's depending on the bit. We should net. We shouldn't sell him for less than we bought him. But if we did even recoup exactly what we bought, I'd probably let him go. Not because he's a bad player, but because he's never going to suit a Moyes team. Moyes has never, ever had just a hold-up player other than Duncan Ferguson, who was up there with Campbell. Someone else was up there with him. He's never had just an out-and-out nine who's backed people up. He's always had an athlete up there, and I think he just probably won't work under Moyes. So I think I'm looking at those four that are the main I'd be looking to ship off. Yeah, I think the Manuel Lanzini one really hurts my heart, but Mm. I think you're right. I think, yeah, head over heart in this instance. Mm. I... I just feel really bad for his whole career, not uh, not just at West Ham. He was brilliant at West Ham, and that season he deserved to be there with Argentina. And to be honest, I was really looking forward to seeing him flourish yeah. on the world stage and being like, that's a West Ham player doing mm. that. Because he, you could tell he was about to be one of them, and there was rumours of Liverpool sniffing around him, wasn't there? Mm. And whilst it would have been horrible for us, I'd have loved to have seen that, him go on and flourish a bit like you know Tevez did after he left us. He went on and done huge things I do think it's time for Lanzini to go he's on big money Jonesy Philippe Anderson everyone knows how I feel about him and that's only been cemented this season so I'm not going to labour that point for too long but do you, you sort of agree with Tom now or do you think uh, what's your thoughts on who should be going out the door this summer just quickly on Lanzini um, completely agree with the injury that ruined mm. him um, probably would have gone on one hammer a year Actually. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I rob Bonner I mean you're right with that World Cup and he played and, and flourished might have got himself a big move after winning Hammer of the Year so um, <laughs> <laughs> what would have been more important to him do you reckon got to be Hammer of the Year <laughs> <laughs> massive players like Bobby Moore have won that you know yeah it's a special list Fabianski's won it yeah yeah um, but no I think um, I think where Anderson's concerned I've I, last year I liked him this year, I've been kind of swan towards your mentality, Will. That like, I'm just getting bored of him now, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm as bored as uh, bored of him as he looks bored on the pitch. Mm. Yeah, um, he comes off the bench and just doesn't look interested. Even when he starts, doesn't didn't care interested. on Sunday. Did he? He, he'll have a ten minute spell where he'll get the ball and try and nutmeg a player. Loves a nutmeg, by the way. <laughs> he loves it. Top the nutmeg. As your top highlight of this last podcast. year, I don't know what's happened to him. Last year, top the, nut, nut, uh, top the nutmeg table. This year, no, no nutmegs in sight. 
And I think that's, that's really what you what you're looking at with players like that. When you pay forty million for someone, you want them to be putting the ball Bums through people's legs, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. When you're buying Brazilians, you know, I mean, you're buying nutmegs as well. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just hasn't happened. This year hasn't happened. He's let us down. Mm. Um, but that just his body language for me. I just I'm not a fan of it. And I, I'm, you know, I think we're all in agreement that if we can mm. get. 20 25 million quid for him, I wouldn't be that that annoyed. Definitely um, not. I, it's just the only thing in my head is that you know, after Covid, what club is going to be prepared mm. to pay that sort of money for a player that no, do, doesn't one in three games? Doesn't you know, he's one in three games player, if that. No, yeah. I think it'll be um, a classic. He's got, got a lovely goal on him every now and then, but other than that, I mean, surely someone in Italy, sorry to interrupt you, did that twice there, but surely someone in Italy, it's just one of those situations where, which happens with a lot of players, you know what, the Premier League's not for them, sure, perhaps they can go, like, he'd done it in Italy for Lazio. He's done it in the Premier League as well, yeah, just he, not often Yeah, he didn't, he did it for that little, like, 12 game enough. spell in December, mm. didn't he? It was mm. like, and he scored, like, had one really good game against Southampton. So yeah, I he scored. Put you on the wing in a pair of Adidas. Once since you know, March or something, hasn't he? <laughs> one goal since March or something in uh, all comps, which is just not good enough. But I'm with Jonesy. I don't think, I don't think many clubs are going to have the money to spend on a pure... He's the definition of a luxury player. He can be the best player on any park he plays on for one game and then the next six games he can ghost. So I'm, I'm with Jonesy. If, I don't... If, if you're a football club, and you def- desperately need to strengthen, and money's tight this year because of mm. COVID, and you've, only, you've got 25 million quid to spend on a winger, right? a winger that's going to improve your squad next season, if anything, improve your starting 11 next season, and you've only got 25 million quid, you're not looking at Philippe Anderson. You're just not looking at him. But what, maybe not in the Premier League, but surely in Italy, I just think someone is going, oh, he was absolutely mm. mustard. There, there'll be a club in Italy, like West Ham, who goes... He used to be good for someone, <laughs> so I'll pay him the money. He's paid for Brazil. Yeah, there's got to be yeah. an Italian version of West Ham, isn't there? Going, that bloke used to be good and showed loads of promise, so let's pay him loads of money. Yeah, I wonder what team that might be. Yeah. Like, Udinese can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Or like Palermo or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, there's got to be a crap annoying <laughs> team in Italy with a fan base full of despairing blokes <laughs> like us. This is like, an Italian podcast for a football club right now going, like they look like Felipe Yeah, Anderson. yeah, yeah. They all look the same yeah, as us. Well, one of them going, ah, oh, mamma mia, no, not again. We always buy people like these. And then Felipe Anderson, number eight on the back, all the fans will buy the shirt. It's going to be absolutely brilliant. Sorry if there's any Italian fans listening, by the way. I know we get a few listeners across Europe who weren't uh, particularly pleased with my accent then, but it was just the best I've got. And I'm pretty sure it's how Felipe Anderson speaks English after his time in Lazio. So, Felipe Anderson out the door. Lanzini with a heavy heart, but I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely time for him to go. He wants to go back to River Plate at one time in his life, so perhaps that's the time. I did see Sam Incasol, Football London, West Ham correspondent, friend of the show, suggested in his end-of-season ratings that perhaps it's time for Arthur Masuaku to walk out the door, and if Sam ever, ever writes anything like that again, he will, of course, not be invited back onto the We Are West Ham podcast. Incomings, Tom, Eze, QPR, Benrahma, mm. Brentford... Diogo Dalo from Man United, which annoyed me already. I'm immediately furious because it's just because someone's got Man goes. United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea on their CV. <laughs> they're automatically assuring for West Ham, even if they're rubbish at football. Before mm. I keep on getting angry and mm. furious and throwing myself off of this nice little mezzanine floor on which we're recording this podcast, Tom, who do you want to come in this summer? I think the one out of the the three you just mentioned is probably Eze. I mean, I think it would be exciting. Everyone forget, not forgets, but we got Dean Garner, one of the, the standout players in the championship. He's 
absolutely brilliant to watch. I don't know whoever's watched him playing at West Brom this year. He's he's made the difference in the game the other day. Whoever it was against to, to get West Brom promoted, he got on a goal and assist. He's clearly a big game player. He's clearly got a lot of bottle about him as well. I mean, he was so impressive for us in pre-season. It was weird he went in the first place. So a front four for me of him, Eze and Bowen with Antonio up there, all English, all the three behind Antonio, all young, hungry, all got potential. I think it's quite an exciting proposition. So for me, he's probably the one I want to get in most easy, Eze, however you say it. But I think he just looks classy. He's a classy operator. But again, as you say, just because they're good in the championship doesn't mean they're going to make the step up. So he needs to be very mindful that we can't just go out and think we're going to be a top club if we go out and sign championship players. Absolutely. Easy or Eze, let's just hope if he does come to West Ham, he doesn't come a kipper. James, <laughs> have, you, have you got any uh, preferred, preferred incomings for the season? Um, I mean, I think the last I'd anger you by putting that up seems like a sensible move. Uh, <laughs> Everything's annoying me tonight, um, James. I don't yeah, know if I'd have known, I wouldn't. I would have gone, it would have been a great move. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think, you know, we need backup, don't we, in those situations? And apparently it's a loan deal. Um, like bring bring a, a lone player in, uh, but at those three that I've got on here, I think Ben Rama looks like a, a a nice nice looking player. If Brentford don't go up, then he might be a good shout. But bit of a fight for him, do you reckon? Well, apparently Chelsea Chelsea are interested. They're interested in everyone, them, aren't they? Bless mm. them. Um, and I, I just feel that Eze's overpriced at twenty million quid. Mm. I just think you know, QPR have come out and gone, you know, don't bother unless you're willing to pay twenty million or more. I know we're, we're crying out, you know, everyone keeps going, we've got to go for championship players, but that doesn't mean to say then you start over, overpaying for them. Mm. That's I, just the I, Vogue like, thing to say the, on Twitter at the moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the, guy, the, guys the, the guys had one breakthrough season. Um, yeah, a bit of a good season the year before. His numbers weren't great, though, you're right. But then, I mean, this season just gone, like, he's had a really, really good season for QPR. And, you know, there's, there's a reason why Premier League clubs are interested mm. in him. But 20 million quid... Right, that's a lot of money for a player that's never played in the top flight um, of, of any league um, yeah and I just we didn't pay far off that for Bowen though did we who, who Gill's the only thing in that deal which could sweeten it or I know he's what maybe a bag of crisps and a Mars bar for who Gill but <laughs> well, whatever he's worth he could sweeten the and deal a wagon like, wheel, yeah, he's like, yeah of course that was, that was poor but uh, supposedly as I've seen it on Twitter do the rounds that it might make it around 12 million plus who Gill or something like that which which is we'll get him off the books and we get a decent player in. I mean, they Q- might not Q- want to be buzzing with that. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> great deal. No, I, I, I know what you mean. I just think if you you're talking about getting twenty million for Anderson, then if we got Anderson off the books with his wages, you're not going to have to pay Eze anywhere near one hundred and forty grand a week that Anderson's on. If you sort of break even on the on the fees and then give him a go. I think fair enough. I just think that, like I say, it's the Vogue thing on West Ham Twitter at the moment. Lots of our fans or listeners, sorry, who um, listen to the podcast every week. Not all of you are on Twitter. We know that already. Some of you are. A lot of you are. And like I say, it's it's the Vogue thing at the moment, isn't it? To you hear people on whether it be Talk Sport, BBC Five Live, the We're West Ham podcast, or in the newspapers, whatever. There just seems to be a vogue thing around West Ham at the moment, saying just because Bowen's done all right, basically, that, oh yeah, the Championship players at the one. Well, Diafra Sacco was an outstanding striker for us. We pulled him in for France. We've also bought some absolute donkeys from France. Sebastian Haller, we bought him over from Germany. He's sort of doing all right. And Anderson, we've gone out and spent big in Italy. And then Hugo, we did. 
there isn't there isn't a right or wrong answer. There isn't a club like West Ham need to be doing this. There isn't one of those, is there? I, I think it's because more often than not, we've we bought well from the Championship. Mm. Like you know, Antonio was, was a, a steal at seven million quid. Creswell, up until probably this season. Uh, maybe after last season was was you know what four million quid yeah, he peaked in the last season up to yeah. buy like loads of people you know yeah. we we we've done well by buying from that league um, so you know there's every we've proven that you know we probably got a good eye for that for talent in that Cugula side um, in that division but you're right you know we're not going to get them all right and you mm. know West Ham have a history of getting transfers more wrong than we do right. So we can't just expect every transfer from the from the championship to be great. Mm. And I, I, that, that's what annoys me. As long as we write a list of of where Hovard Nordvite, Kokantore, and players of that ilk came from, and don't buy from those divisions again, I think it'll be alright. I just think it's irritating. People always say about spending money, and oh yeah, well look at Tottenham. They spent all of that uh, Gareth Bale money or the Modric money, whoever it was, on Roberto Soldado, and he was crap. That's all right. Right, yeah, but that's just one player who didn't work mm. out. He was smashing goals in for fun in Spain, and it didn't work out for mm. him in England. I think they also bought Ericsson with that money. Vertonghen or Adavira were any of them involved in that exactly. money as well? Yeah. And I, I think with that money. Uh, like when people right. say like those sort of things, there will be crap transfers, won't there? There will be transfers that don't work mm. out. But I think, and whenever people say about West Ham not spending the money, or oh, well, we've tried those big signings. It's like no, it doesn't work like that. Like you, you keep trying just because one mm. doesn't work off. And that's what used to annoy me about the Pellegrini thing. But look, before I get too distracted, I think there's a, there's obviously some attention needed on that squad. I think fullbacks in particular, and it needs to be one of those summers where I'm really hoping that the powers that be at West Ham, I know it seems like a big ask, but put their egos to one side, especially in terms of, of Haller and of Anderson. And Lanzini, in a way, and Cresswell maybe a bit as well. I know we seem to say every summer that it's a big clear-out summer. And I just hope that this summer is one where we can make some, some decisions that perhaps won't be popular with fans and that will have people saying, you know, oh, why are we getting rid of him? Lanzini's been such a good servant. Or why are we getting rid of him? We paid £40 million for him. I think just ride that wave out and hopefully make some good sound footballing decisions. I think, I think we might also see David Moyes dip into the academy we've been crying out for a manager to give young mm. players more of a chance yeah. I think next season might be the year you know Ben Johnson's broken through um, and some really really good mm. performances I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to sort of big him up too much after we yeah. and Gakia up and then he just you know left <laughs> but um, <laughs> which, which I look back now and just get really annoyed about actually because it's like hang on mate why why have you left why are you getting like, annoyed what, where is he now yeah, no pony West Brom Good luck to him. He will score against us next season, James. So There'll be only a goal of his career as well, yeah, haven't you? Yeah, probably. <laughs> but then but then you've got like um Nathan Holland, who, you know, everyone keeps raving about you know I Average, Freddie Sears at level hundred percent. He's never seen him play. <laughs> um will win Hammer of the Year one day. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, uh, Dean Garner's coming back from uh, come back on loan. He'll be in the first team next year, no doubt. Um, and Connor Coventry as well. was on the bench. Connor Coventry. Um, so th- there are a lot of youngsters coming through, which I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Zande Silva. I mean, mm. is he going to be another Tony Martinez? Who kind of yeah. everyone thought, oh, or an Elliot Lee, who, like, yeah, bang the goals yeah. in. But you know, they're beginning to appear on the bench a little bit more than mm. we've ever seen really youngsters appear on the bench. 
Um, so I wouldn't be surprised the club go, right, okay, we haven't got a lot of money. We'll buy here and there with money that we've sold players with, but let's start using youth. And if we started using youth players and had a very, very similar season to last season, I think the fans might be a little bit more understanding because there's, there's that... Last there's, season being 10th, not 16th. 16th. I think there would be a little bit more... He's so angry. Yeah, he's angry. A little bit more understanding because they've gone, right, okay, we're not going to start splashing 40 million quid on Sebastian mm. Hallers and Philippe Andersons. We're going to put our trust in youth. Um, and I want to hear what you're going to say now because you're going to kick off. No, we're not Chelsea, are we? We're not like no. Frank Lampard where think, we've I got think, a transfer ban but where we literally can't and we've got some good young players. You can, buy, you can buy players in but then you can also put your trust in youth and you can bring some youth players through and give them a go. It's, uh, yeah, it's Because we haven't done balance, that enough as a football I think. club. I think it's of course about it's balance. about balance. I think it's trusting, yeah. We, we, need, we, we need, need to trust to, our youth players way we, more we than we have. We don't do it. And that's Look, why the likes of Jeremy Ngakia after five games thinks he's the best thing since last Brilliant yeah. leaves for West Brom. I literally can't wait to see him turning out for City in two years. <laughs> <laughs> but look, Tom, you're being devil's advocate yeah. tonight, which is a position I'm not used to seeing you in. I must admit, you're normally yeah. Larry, one of the two. But as I said, me and James haven't seen each other in person for, I don't know how many months it is now, but three or four. So we're obviously finding that fire in our bellies where we're, we're face-to-face with each other. But just one last thing before we finish this little section. David Moyes, I know we've covered it a lot a few times, mm. probably almost too much, I think, on this podcast. I think now is a is a good time to say, I think generally the consensus among fans is that, yeah, fair play, mate, fair play. You know, we, yeah. all, we all didn't, weren't pleased with your appointment. And I think the anger aimed, or that came with his appointment, wasn't aimed at him. No. Originally it was aimed at the people who employed him. But what are your thoughts? Just on David Moyes, quick word for him before we finish this section. Thoughts on this year, but next year, more importantly? 100%. I mean, I, I'll take back. I, I was never actually personal on him. I, I blame the board for the appointment, but I take it back. He's done well. He's kept us up, and I really didn't think he had the ability as a manager anymore to keep us up. And fair play to him. Did an, not an excellent job, but he did. He, he kept us up, and he made a few astute signings, and, he, and he's clearly... He's clearly got the players on side. Declan Rice hugging him after that goal. Well, Bonner, they all t- they've, they've all spoken very highly of him, which is something very few West Ham players have ever done about our managers. And bearing in mind, that's the hammer of the year and runner-up hammer Exactly. Of the year, so basically, they won the Ballon d'Or. But they are. It, it, it's it's one of those where he's done well. I'm I'm not excited to see what he's got to do next season. This will be the true test of him. He came in with a clear job and a clear. All you had to do was stay up, and there was an expectation and a tough one, but a, a limited. Whereas this year with open playing field, 38 games and a transfer window, the pressure's really going to heat up probably on him and it's it's going to be all on his shoulders and not people blaming Pellegrini or whatever. So I'm interested to see. He's done a great job in terms of keeping us up. Twice he's done. He's come in to do a tough job in both occasions and, he, and he's done it. Not spectacularly, but he's done it. So I'm interested to see. And I, I do back him in terms of I'm behind him and I've got no... No bad will, no ill will. I don't want him to move. I want him to stay and have that crack with us next year. But next year will be the true test of his managing ability, I think. Absolutely. Jonesy, I, I think from, from my point of view, I think most fans, and I might be speaking completely out of turn here, and there might be people listening to this going, what are you talking about, you idiot? Like every week. Like most weeks, <laughs> yeah, I must admit. Yeah. But in, in this particular instance, I don't really feel like anyone ever has had a bad word to say about Moyes from the off, because I think they're thinking, well, I'd take the job if I was in this position, mm. if it, whether it was football or not. If you were an accountant and you the most people in the accountancy world thought you were really crap at accountancy... <laughs> 
and you there was you had one firm who were going to take you on and they said we'll offer you a third of the going rate for Premier League accountancy managers then you would do it as a bloke I don't think anyone's begrudged him and he's worked his nuts mm. off hasn't he if he's not capable then that's not really his fault he can do what he can do and he's worked his hardest what are your what are your thoughts on, on Moisey because I think fair play to him well, that's not an easy mm. job to go into is it I mean, I'm surprised he took it the second time round. Oh yeah, no, but mate, two million quid though. Yeah, but given the state of the football year, club, plus that bonus, given yeah, given what he experienced in what his first three months of the club, and we had the whole Burnley game and, and all that before, mm. and in his first spell, and then Kay kept us up. He would mm. have been so disappointed not to have been given the chance to take us forward after that. But then, given what's happened since, and we haven't got, we've gone backwards since, and then he's taken the job again. Okay, you can say the money, but career was on the line. You're he, right. He quite clearly. Thinks he quite clearly thinks we can do something. He he can do something at West Ham, mm. uh, and he's absolutely um, done enough to deserve, to, you know, deserve taking us into next season. Um, and I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing what what he can do with us. You know, he's proven that he, you know, he he deserves that opportunity. And if he can get the transfers right, who knows where he could take us. Absolutely, he could well, develop a, a couple of hammered years, and they, you, you know, the next Angelo Bonner. You yeah, never com- know, dear. Com- Commentary, you know, or that Cardoso that we bought back a year ago that no one's ever seen. He might be the next hammered year. He's learning off Angelo anyway. Absolutely ridiculous. I do think David Moyes is certainly better as a football manager than we are as podcasters. I must admit, because this is absolutely ridiculous fodder <laughs> from all three of us at the moment. But we've we've done David Moyes. It's been a it's been a, a I don't know what it's been. Has it been an angry, depressing, emotional, passionate, passionate start? to the We Are West Ham podcast, the last one of the season before me, James and Tom take a three-week break. No guests this week before you might, just for a change, like to hear what me, James and Tom had to say. I'm already regretting that decision, having listened to Jonesy tell me that Angelo Bonner has been better than Declan Rice this season. But stick with us, because next up we'll review the season in full. You are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast for the last time this season with me, Will Pugh, William Pugh, if I'm in trouble with my mum, James Jones, I think that is his full name, and Tom Edwards, or Thomas Edwards. It's Tom. If it, is it Tom? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll call you Thomas, which we, me and Jones do all the time when you're late for podcast recordings. We always call you Thomas. We've got angry mums, Thomas. That's Thomas, <laughs> where again. are you? It's half past six, you're supposed to be on the Zoom call. And... It's been a weird season. It's been a strange season for so many reasons for us at the We Are West Ham podcast, for West Ham United Football Club, for the every team in the Premier League and the football pyramid as a whole and everyone, of course, in society. However, at the end of it all, life seems to be getting back to normal for some of us. For West Ham, life seems as normal as ever because we've had another disappointing, annoying season in the Premier League. 16th place. But we've started it. In, in energetic, passionate fashion, no doubt. And, you know, it's been an age, almost a year, almost a full year since we lost 5-0 at home to Manchester City. Me and James, I remember the podcast vividly before it, almost saying, what is the point of doing the opposition view? Because we are going to lose. It did all look good after that. We went six league games unbeaten. Manuel Pellegrini was back to the, the Moisire or the Chilean Moisire. I don't know what Moisire is in Spanish. Then it all went wrong. One win in nine, 
We won at Chelsea. Aaron Cresswell scored an absolute perler. But unfortunately, that wasn't enough for Manuel. Now Real Betis manager, but he was sacked. Manuel Pellegrini, Moyes returned, the return of the Moyes sire just before the new year. Increased pressure on the board, protests from the fans. Moyes thrashed Bournemouth 4-0 at home and it all looked like it was going to be okay. We lost to Bilic, Slavin Bilic's West Brom in the FA Cup. And then back to the grim reality of West Ham United at the London Stadium under Gold, Sullivan and Brady. The after lockdown came at just the right time, I think, for the club. We're all agreed on that. And Mikhail Antonio virtually single-handedly kept the club up since. But now it's time. It's not the Mystery Players Quiz. It's the end of season awards and not the Hammer of the Year, which me and Jonesy have already argued about. It's the We Are West Ham end of season awards. And we've got lots of different categories. We're not going to go through who the best player was again because obviously two of us here actually appreciate football and know what a good football player looks like. The other one is called James Jones. So the end of season awards, alternative Hammer of the Year is the first one. And Tom, I'm going to throw to you first. Tell me. It is Mick and Antonio for all the reasons you just mentioned. Kept us the goals to stay up. I mean, don't get me wrong, before restart, he, he was out the door for me probably and the contract wasn't getting renewed. But eight goals, seven games, scored in all the important games. The win against Chelsea, win against Watford, obviously all four against Norwich. It's just the goals kept us up and that's why he gets it. Not because of his performances throughout the season, but because of his performances in the key games, in the key moments. His goals kept us up. Alternative Hammer of the Year, Michael Antonio. West Ham Clips, who do the alternative commentary. We were talking about that last week. Recently described Antonio after one of his misses that's, and said, I can't believe it. He will be the first player ever to win the Player of the Month while simultaneously being the worst player of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Just once again, big up to uh, the alternative uh, commentary, West Ham Clips on Twitter, because it's absolutely hilarious. Head over there, but Jones... Alternative hammer of the year? Well, I'd like to say Ogbonna, but... I was so hoping Tom was <laughs> going to say Ogbonna. Um, I'd like to say Ogbonna, but you, you get angry again, Will. Um, so, I'm, I'm struggling to see see past Antonio mm. as well, I think. He's been superb. Um, yeah, former hammer of the year, by the way. Former <laughs> hammer of the year. Yeah. Now, alternative hammer of the year. I mean, let's be honest, what do you think is going to impress him more? His actual Hammer of the Year award or the We Are Stam alternative Hammer of the Year award? It's got to be the latter, isn't it? I would expect so, yeah. Well, my alternative Hammer of the Year is a bit more alternative than you two, I think, and I'm going to say David Martin. Ridiculous. That's what? absurd. That is how absurd. Is, but how how what, is that absurd? Because he had one good game and then hugged his dad <laughs> Oh, he cried after a game. Oh, come on. Alternative. <laughs> Grow up. Surely, surely it's like the hipster version of the old Hammer well, I mean, of the Year I award. mean, that's taking right. a little bit too far. He watches America's Got Talent and cries at night, doesn't he? <laughs> You're joking. Alternative Hammer of the Year. Came I've had all that a... stick for Angela Bonner yeah. and you've come out with David Martin. The, the alternative. That's the, that was the key word in, well, the, in he, the title. He kicked it to Ollie McBurney from four and a half yards out up at Sheffield yeah, United. Absolute... Yeah, well done, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had the absolute game of his life at Chelsea away. Lifelong Hammers fan. Didn't expect to play a single minute for the club and came in yeah, in fair. place of Roberto as well. And that was a poison chalice as it was. People staring at West Ham, already literally had a keeper before him, throwing him in. And if just for the Chelsea game alone, at the absolute game of his life, kept a clean sheet. We win 1-0 at Stamford Bridge. The first game in doing a double, then crying, hugs his dad, Alvin Martin, in the press box after the game. Absolute no-brainer there. Goal of the season is next up. Tom, I'll throw to you again first. 
Oh, goal, goal this season, probably uh, Haller against Crystal Palace. That unbelievable move. Shame it inevitably ended in a loss, of course. But we put together, that was when we were flying. And I thought we got a serious team when that flew in. We couldn't <laughs> fly. And I think we'd won one game uh, yeah, on the probably. spin. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, we won one game in Drew against Burnley or something. That was about it. But no, that goal, just the, the movement, uh, passed it, put it together. And I don't think he scored since probably. But You can describe the finish to anyone. It was, it was the, we started it from the left side. Cresswell got it, picked it up, da 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 plenty of passes outright I think it was Fredericks or four now as he put the ball in sliding finish from Haller bottom left I think it was and it was just a brilliant team goal and we we rarely see that West Ham we see a lot of good goals but they tend to be pie smashing it in from 30 yards or whatever it is but <laughs> that was a brilliant team goal and I actually loved that one nice James it's a uh, it's a toss up between Haller against Bournemouth I think it was mm. the scissor kick uh, I think it was against Bournemouth yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in, in Morris's first game or Declan Rice's recent one against mm. Watford because um, just before I was like Rice has got to shoot more and then he shoots and scores um, it was lovely and it was a lovely goal so you're voting to, for it just because it proved something you'd said on the We Are West Ham podcast right Oh, no, I never said it on the podcast. I said it to myself before. <laughs> right, yeah. I'm watching. Mrs. is like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, so that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> He's got a score. So, yeah. Same yeah. goal. Um, yeah, so, it's one of, the, one of the two. I can't decide which one because they're both lovely. Yeah, I must admit that when Tom said hello, mm. I did think at first that he meant the scissor kicks. That was a, an absolute tidy finish mm. that showed his quality. My one for me is, and I'm, perhaps it's just because this game has got a little bit of a soft spot in my heart this season, is Aaron Cresswell's at Chelsea getting absolute pelters all year he flies down the left we're getting absolutely hammered in the game as well mm. to be fair didn't have a lot of the ball flies down the left he pulls a Cristiano Ronaldo turn the one where he you know he tucks it mm. under his standing leg mid sprint absolutely sold the right back he was he was long gone knees all over the place and then with his weaker foot bends it from like the corner of the penalty area with his right foot curls it right in the far post couldn't have gone anywhere else or Kepa saves it absolute scenes in front of the away fans as well I was lucky enough to be at that game I was working it so I was sitting a few seats down from Alvin Martin where the alternative hammer of the year came over and hugged his dad afterwards in the press box but just watching Cresswell that goal bent in excellent finish and then uh, yeah the, the scenes in the away end so that was definitely goal of the season for me signing of the season Tom um, it, this is a tough one it's with Weirdly, it's between Four Nows and Suchek. I know Four Nows has an actually... I'm going to give it to Four Nows, weirdly. Not because... It is weird. It is weird, but only because I think he, <laughs> he he's come in and he's done a job he probably didn't expect to do when he came here. And he, he's worked very hard for the team. He's helped Cresswell. He's all over the place. He's all at sea in that position the last two, three months. And I think Four Nows has been a massive reason as to why we've won a few of these give, these games in the latter end of the season with his work rate and helping Cresswell out at the back. And I think he's knuckled down. He's showed fight and desire to play for the club and he's clearly got more to do going forward. And I think he will give that. But I think he's someone who will genuinely improve prove us and he has improved us and I think he'll continue to do so. I think Suchek has a bigger instant impact and everything. But I just think for now his dedication and work rate and overcoming the obstacles he had in the first few months I think that's the reason I'll give it to him because he's got his head down worked hard and he's got himself in Moy's plans I like that I like that that's a lot of the unseen stuff I think because from my opinion before that with Fornells was a bit like Mm. you know because you expected him to be the new Lanzini Mm. like peak Lanzini but I think what you've said there the hits now on the head if he's got some better players behind him where he doesn't have to do as much of the ugly work Mm. for the team 
and he's been willing to do that in his first season. Yeah. Isn't he? So I'd, I'd like your answer there, Jonesy of Bonner. <laughs> Signing five years ago. Yeah. Um, no, he's, he's got to be Suchek for me. I, I agree completely with what Tom said about four nails. Uh, but Suchek, just like the impact he had at a time where we needed someone to come in and make an impact. And that, now Bowen, he scored on his home debut and felt like he was going to go and score and assist a lot more. I would have liked him to score a few more, but uh, I'm sure that will come. Um, but Suchek, just like just his composure and feel the goal threat he offers and just coming in at a time and putting performances in at a time where we desperately needed a little bit of balance in midfield, someone to really impose themselves um, and, and add goals from midfield as well. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's got to be Thomas Suchek for me and I'm so glad he's staying. I like that. I yeah, like that a lot. One. I like that from both of both of you, I think. Yeah, no one at home is going to be sitting and arguing with either of those responses. Mine, of course, is David Martin. Uh, <laughs> he's one alternative, alternative hammer of the year. Had the game of his life at Chelsea. And, yeah, I, you know, again, what you two have said, that you can't argue with those. Jared Bowen as well. I think the brilliant thing about those two players and Bowen as well yeah. is the hard work that they've put in. They haven't turned up trying to be superstars straight away. They realised they were coming into a team who was in dead lumber and they've just worked their socks off. David Martin, I just love the romantic story, to be fair. It could easily have been mm. YouTube, as you've said that. I'll say, David, rom- the romance of it all. Loves yeah. West Ham. His dad played for West Ham. His dad was Alvin Martin, West Ham legend. And he comes and has that game at Chelsea. If nothing else, you know, he probably won't ever play for the club again, but he'll remember that for the rest of his life. And yeah, so I think for for that side of things, a bit bit different, bit mm. away from the pitch, but the romantic side of things, why we all love West Ham, that one for me, definitely. Next one, biggest result, Tom. No, sorry, excuse me, excuse mm. me, it's flop of the season. I mean, this is, a, it's pretty easy. I mean, Roberto, for me, he was literally throwing him in. Um, I thought it was Neil Harris with a face mask at one point, the old <laughs> legend, but um, no, I, I just... Just he he's pretty much one of the main reasons we were I mean it's there's a lot of reasons we were down there, but that that period around winter, the winter period when he was literally just launching him in his own goal and making mistake after mistake, he made our back four shaky. He himself was trying to punch him in. I just think that it was one of those where supposedly we wanted him as first choice over Fabianski the year before or something. So it's just one of those signs you think how how have we how have we got to this position where a keeper this poor is is playing in a Premier League week in, week out? And I think it's yeah. not his fault. He doesn't want to be that bad. He's a professional, but he was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Jones? I mean, Roberto was the obvious one. Yeah. But I'm going to go a little bit more out there and say Pellegrini. Oh, that's not me. bad. Hang on a minute. That's not bad, actually. Well, like, I mean, quickly checking the small print. but uh, Come on. like the, guys, the amount of money that guy spent. And the best he could do do with us was tenth mm. in the Premier League and then get sacked six months later. Um, <laughs> like all that talk about big team mentality, big uh, team mentality. Oh, yeah, like, oh, come on, still like, living yeah. on that I mean, one. Like, that's big team mentality. I, yeah, wow. like, come on. Um, <laughs> watch like randomly beat United every now and then. Like, come on, like, we've we got to be better than that. And <laughs> yeah. He's got to be better than that. Um, <laughs> and now he swanned off to Spain. You know, like, yeah. come on. Um, I, I don't know. I just think the money you spent bringing in Roberto as well, like mm. you know, your flop of the season, like that's bad enough as it is. Yeah, that was and poor. especially if it is true that he wanted Roberto over Fabianski the year before. Mm. Like, it's just unforgivable. And I, I really bought into his at the beginning his big team mentality thing. I really thought 
finally we found a manager that's going to take us forward and it turned out to be completely like rubbish <laughs> and just drivel like, it was just like big I got bored of hearing it so um, Pellegrini's my flop of the season um, yeah. yeah blind me Good I mean one. didn't see that one coming I didn't know if managers were allowed but you know what fair enough I think on that no, you know, there'll be people at home, maybe, maybe, of course, screaming that, well, if we're doing managers, surely we can do board members or owners. Well, but they've, that, they've been flops of the decade. Yeah, they win every year. <laughs> that is not for us to say here on the We Are West Ham podcast at the moment. However, until you said Roberto, Tom, I think I'd erased him from my memory. I had written Felipe Anderson down on mm. my notes before, not just because everyone who listens to this podcast knows I've got a vendetta against the guy and it's not a personal vendetta I just think it doesn't he doesn't suit the Premier League he's one of those Brazilians who's just too much of a technical footballer and doesn't really want to get his hands dirty and get properly stuck in I know the Premier League's not quite as much like that anymore so I did have Felipe Anderson down but yeah of course Roberto now you've said yeah. that that's, that's, a, that's a no-brainer so I think that wins out of the three of us the biggest result of the season Tom we'll go to you again first I mean for me it was the 3-2 against Chelsea after the lockdown we just had two poor results we looked destined to lose against Chelsea and then probably be in the relegation zone at that point and just the manner of the victory playing Chelsea who were obviously bang up for it they, they're a very very good side the way it happened we scored that goal it was chalked off they go down the other end win a pen we scored just before half time so you I just think it was a brilliant win um, obviously watching it with my brother at home wish we could all have been there together but just just a brilliant brilliant win in the manner and we very, seldom score a goal in the last minute particularly like that it was just a great win great moment I think that was the changing point of our season to be honest and I think that has to be it and I bloody hate Chelsea so that's it <laughs> Jones yeah, I can't argue with that. I think that's, that's my one as that's well. A bit, it's a bit of a no-brainer, this one, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, initially, Nothing I thought maybe the point at Old Trafford last week, but mm, we were we were, we were, were even safe then because of the difference of in goal difference. Yeah. So, you know, had the goal difference been similar to everyone else, you could say that point there was probably given the form United were in. But, no, I don't disagree. I think the Chelsea, the Chelsea win a few weeks back was, mm. was absolutely massive. And it po- set us on our way, didn't it? Our podcast title before the... Manchester United draw was celebrating Premier League safety I think so uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one yeah it was already done yeah it's a no-brainer I, again mm. I think the the game against Chelsea earlier in the season the away victory well, it seems like so oh, what a huge result we beat Chelsea away but in reality it just prolonged Pellegrini. the stay of execution for Manuel Pellegrini didn't it so yeah no-brainer I'm, I'm with you both on that one with the Chelsea result Norwich away I thought was good because there was still a chance there but Ultimately, that was Sunday League. Cannon fodder we were playing mm. there. So, yeah, Chelsea away. The next, the lowest moment. Now, I'm sure you could both pick from loads mm. of them, but Tom, I'll throw to you. Um, lowest moment for me was uh, Snodgrass' goal being disallowed up at Sheffield United. I was up there, spent the weekend up there, too much money down the drain and everything, and, and for it to be rolled out for that, for one of the best ever celebrations I've ever seen and one of the happiest I've ever been. Um, for that to be chalked off, that that was pretty. That was a pretty dark moment. I think. I think that was it for me. Even though it didn't really affect our season at that point, I don't think we're in the relegation zone or whatever. But just the magnitude of the game being up there, um, that was it for me. Jonesy, Fabianski's injury. Mm. Yes, I mean that's that's very. F- yeah, I yeah I understand that. Yeah. Purely because one. I think when he got injured, it was at Bournemouth, wasn't it? Mm. And we were on that six-game unbeaten run after losing to mm. to City in the first day. 
and then it just set us on a on a one win in nine or wherever it was and I'm convinced had he not been injured then we wouldn't have been in the relegation battle this year because we wouldn't have been in that position to be sucked into it in the first place we would have yeah okay we would have lost football matches but we would have been batting in the top 10 or in and around the top 10 at least um, because we wouldn't have had Roberto in there punching the ball into his own goal and, and all sorts so yeah, for me that's the lowest point because it, it it set the time for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you've gone for there. Like, and on a purely football basis, that probably was the the trigger. I'm going to go with the home defeat to West Brom in the cup. Mm. Uh, it's a freezing cold January afternoon. Moyes had had a month there. Then 25th of January that was West Brom. They had ten men as well for a fair old chunk of the game. Uh, we lose 1-0 at home, showed absolutely no fight. Mark Noble comes on, I don't know if it was half-time or in, in the second half at some point. And even Mark Noble, who's the you know pretty much golden boy of the PR machine at West Ham, came out after the game mm. and said, what are you doing? Like, What are we doing? You cannot rely on a 33-year-old, or 32 if he was at the time, 33-year-old me, to come on and save an FA Cup game at home against a lower league opposition. We'd, we'd had a few defeats with, I think, Moyes had... He'd won the 4-0 against Bournemouth and uh, we beat Gillingham away in the Cup. That was the 5th January, the Gillingham game. Then we'd lost three league games. or we hadn't won, sorry, a league game with Sheffield United, Everton and Leicester before that. Then lose at home to West Brom and we showed absolutely no fight then as well. It was another season, we're out both the Cups. The Moyes thing didn't work and you're thinking, oh, what the hell are we doing? It was really, really cold as well and I you, you know when one of those cup games when you pay for your ticket on top yeah. of your season ticket so you shell out extra to go and I was like what the hell am I doing here I could be anywhere but here so yeah that's the uh, lowest moment of the season for me highest moment Tom I'm assuming they're going to be recent ones but um, yeah it was uh, Yarmolenko's easy one but it would actually be Antonio sticking the fourth in the third was good enough but when he said I just laughed I was, I was just overwhelmed that Antonio had managed to actually put the ball in the net for that consistent period of time <laughs> for 90 times, minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, usually he's nine chances game, he might stick one in. But to do that, it was just brilliant. Also, like you, you mentioned just then, it was it was actually a very, very big game for us and it's obviously not talked about now because we won it four zip. But it was a huge game and he stuck four in and I think it was just a funny moment. I just couldn't believe that he'd done it. So that has to be my house moment. Yeah, I think. true, Jonesy. This one troubles me, this one. Go on. Mm. Um, I just uh, th- there are so many. Just since the irony, yeah, yeah. Uh, the sarcasm. Um, no, I think I'd like to say the highest moment was doing the double over Chelsea. I know we've already said mm. the Chelsea game was was that um, what biggest result, but in terms of just highest moment, doing the double over Chelsea is always great, uh, especially when Frank Lampard's their manager now. Um, and yeah. Get, it kind of does tie into the biggest result. I mean, mm. like just the way the way that game went and winning at the last minute when we desperately needed the points. Um, I can't remember a moment where I was at my highest all season. Um, so yeah, it is a bit of a scrap, isn't it? I'm gonna. I, I know it's been pretty much the theme of 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 my award, the We Are West Ham award so far. But it it was that. Chelsea away mm. game because I think the reason I do all this and we're, you know everyone at home will be different types of fans but I've always been a, a game match going fan I've gone since I was now as all three of us here have and I know there's different types of fans who listen to this podcast you know lots of you are 
we have got listeners all over the world and we absolutely love it that you tune in but my the reason that me and and james and tom but me particularly why i'm sitting here doing this is because i've gone to west ham since i was young and you know, if we'd finished thirteenth this season, Tom, you were at the Tottenham mm. away game, weren't you? Mm, and Michael yep. Antonio banged, yep. and we were the Great first day. team. Up. We, we kind of know, don't we, as West Ham fans, where we are as a club. Mm. So the things for me, why I go back year in, year out, again, are for those individual moments. And say so I was lucky enough to be at the Chelsea away game. We were awful in like up leading up to that game. We were pretty crap afterwards mm. as well. But just to see Aaron Cresswell had a load of stick. But it was just that that's what I loved about West Ham. You had 3,000 West Ham fans in the away end, long-suffering as they had been for that season and for however many seasons since the last one, Upton Park, absolutely losing their mind at a time when it looked pretty gloomy. So, yeah, as, as always, match-going moments for me. So uh, I know loads of good stuff happened afterwards in terms of staying up, but that wasn't in front of fans. So that was the best, the best moment of the season for me, for sure. Breakthrough star. Tom, mm. I think there's a bit of an obvious answer mm. here for all of us. Uh, Johnson. You can go for yeah, <laughs> Bob Bonner, I was going to say. Yeah, babe, Johnson for me, he's just, he's come in, he's looked class, he's played left and right back. He's just, yeah, I can't say much more than he's, we obviously we've only seen three or four games of him, but very good, athletic, good on the ball, good mentality. He's played an only tough and big game so far, other than the Villa game, nothing to play for. All the games have been tough, so definitely him for me. And Johnson James? Would have been Nangak, yeah, but he left. So, um, Ben Johnson. Well, fair, you know what? I'm going to go with Ngekia. I just think, fair enough, if he wants to like bigger and better his career, I think he, he did pretty well. He took his, took his advantage. <laughs> well, you never know. Yeah, it was a bit, feels a bit like when Mo Diarmi left to go to a big club and went to Hull. But Got relegated. Uh, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. We'll see. I'm going to go Ngekia. I think, uh, fair play to him. You two have gone Ben Johnson. Biggest shock, good mm. or bad, this could be, Tom. Um, actually, signing Jared Bowen on deadline day when it looked like Palace had him over the line and it was done and we were saying we're not going to spend money, we got Moyes in and to actually see us get that deal done was just a shock. I was actually working that day on, on deadline day and um, just to see that come off was quite a, a, a quite a nice moment because you, we rarely see things like that happen for us. Jonesy? Now we can talk about David Martin. Yes. Are you joking? Why was that a shock? <laughs> <laughs> that is, that game... It's the biggest shock of the season. Yeah, I saw that lineup with David Martin in, in goal, away at Stamford Bridge, the form Chelsea were in, and I was yeah. like, "This is going to be awful." And <laughs> you know, your your husband David Martin, if <laughs> only, absolutely love him. Um, he, he he pulls off the, the dream performance for any any West Ham yeah. fan um, on his debut. Clean sheet at, at Stamford Bridge. We win one nil. Happy days could have been mm. two. I think Antonio had a goal ruled out for Amball on the line. Yep. Um, and yeah, I just it, that's the shock for me. Well, fair enough. I mean, uh, a lineup that can uh, include here yeah, David Martin in goal, Angelo Bonner and Fabian Balbuena at centre half. So I don't know what more you could ask for at centre half. Michael Antonio up front. Robert Snodgrass, again, should probably mention him in dispatches. Bit unfortunate this season. He was, again, one of those proper grinding it out mm. for the club. Injury, unfortunate for him. But my biggest shock was scoring two goals at Anfield, to be honest. I think. Fair. Yeah. In a season where obviously they were they were scintillating, Issa Diop and Pablo Fornells getting uh, West Ham on the score sheet, and for those brief twelve minutes, I think it was, we were actually winning at Anfield. Obviously, ended up losing three two. Sadio Mane 
getting the winner for Liverpool at the end. But yeah, I thought, you know, when Fornells put that second one in, I thought, hang on a minute, we could actually get a draw here. And that would have been wonderful. Right, just a couple more left in the end of season awards before we move on to the final Rogue Mystery Players quiz of the season. Expectations fulfilled, Tom? Yes or no? No, that's all I need to say. No, James? Absolutely not. I think it's a unanimous decision there. Absolutely yeah. not in very few areas of the pitch or of the club or our expectations field next season's expectations Tom mm. give it to me short and sharp first what do you want to see from the summer and then end of season position I want to say young youthful signings looking to take us forward get rid of some of the dead wood and then in terms of league position expectations 10 to 12 something like that I'm, I'm not looking 8th to 12th maybe is our expectation for me and also maybe a cup run that, that's I say it every year sounds very boring but just, it does sound very just, boring that's it once again the the UK TV gold version of the We Are West Ham podcast yeah, tonight Jonesy I don't have any expectations well you, that, that's not the rules it says so on the running order so you have to uh, my, my next season's expectation <laughs> to have none is to have no expectations <laughs> because you know every year like Tom just said love a cup run got to have a cup run yeah. just losing the third round or, or get to the fifth round and lose to lower league opposition or whatever that is lose to Wimbledon um, you know always go, oh, this is our year that we're going to mm. start battling to get into the Europa League spot and we end up finishing 16th um, and it's just, just I, I want to go into this next season we said we'll give David Moyes a chance we're going to give him a chance see what he does in the summer and then we'll just see how the season plays out completely no expectations I don't be heartbroken again Will yeah I know exactly how you feel Jonesy but I'm going to go the opposite end to you and I'm going to say some hard line expectations I want we need to finish mm. ninth or above won't accept 10th again. I want to see progress from Pellegrini's last year. Ninth or above. And we, if we go out of the, both the Cups, we need to do exit against Premier League teams. If we go out against a non-Premier League team in either of the Cups, I'll be furious. What about a Premier League team that's sort of like... No, if you go... Whatever. If relegation you, zone. No, doesn't matter. I was going to be a bit more specific and say anyone who finishes below us in the season but uh, no I'm not bothered about that if we go I don't want us to go out to anyone who's mm. not a Premier League team in the cup because we've got no excuse we shouldn't be going out to teams like that and I want us to finish ninth and above expectations whether I expect that or not I'm not sure but that is what I want and think should happen at West Ham United well there that concludes the We Are West Ham end of season awards and for the very last time this season for the very last short little section we will have the Rogue Mystery Players Quiz coming up next You are listening to the very last We Are West Ham podcast of the season Just before we go on to the Rogue Mystery Players Quiz, the last one of the year, what an epic campaign it's been. James Jones beat me on the last game of the regular We Are West Ham Rogue Mystery Players Quiz season. It was an absolute heartbreak for me at the time. Tom Edwards has come in since since I've been hosting the quiz and writing the questions, and he's had an absolute stormer at first, and then he's fallen away a bit. But just before we do, thanks very much to everyone at home I think I speak for all of us James don't I and Tom mm. everyone who listens has listened all season long since last summer when we were talking about we finally bought a striker Sebastian Haller, the 45 million wonder from Eintracht Frankfurt which was one of our most it was one of our best listened to ever episodes that one actually people 
all the fans at home and across the world it's trying to something good to say for exactly us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah trying to join in with the excitement but no i think uh jones you'll agree with me won't you we we love doing it we have a bit of a laugh but the people who tune in and listen every week it's it's, it's brilliant when we hear from them whether it's email or or twitter whatever it is people who take the time to subscribe to download and whatever they're doing in their week wherever they are in the world plugging in and uh listening to us jabber about West Ham for an hour or whatever each week makes us feel pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we could have easily stopped what we were doing when, when you know, we pulled away from Love Sport. The decision was made at the beginning of lockdown that Love Sport were going to be no more. And, you know, we could have easily just gone, OK, well, we'll just hang the mics up and that's it sort of thing. But um, but our love for it and, you know, we, we've got to know quite a few people on Twitter and sort of regular listeners. We felt as if we had a duty to them to to carry on and um, loving every minute of it and it's even even during lockdown even over Zoom of all the great guests we've had during mm. lockdown as well I think it's been fantastic and uh, long might continue yeah absolutely yeah. no I think Tom I think the uh, echo the same sentiments yeah 100% as much as I want to thank people who listen thank you too obviously for coming on board properly it's 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 class there's nothing better than talking with your mates about West Ham and definitely and anyone who listens it's, it's brilliant it's so fun hearing interaction and everything with what we say, whether it be Will spouting some rubbish again or me, <laughs> it's quality. And just yeah, thank you, thank yeah. you to you two and everyone. Absolutely, it's, it's been a uh, been a tough old season for all of us again. But yeah, any of you, wherever you are in the world, whether it's uh, East London, Essex, or Europe, or a bit further afield, I know we've got a couple of listeners who work on cruise liners, and it, uh, it excites me every Vietnam. week. Yeah, Vietnam, yeah, we've got a couple well, of Vietnam. Yeah. We do all right in, uh, I think it's Canada. We're like one of the yeah. top 10 football podcasts in Canada, apparently. I saw something the other day. But Brilliant. Yeah, it's absolutely great. So thanks to all of you at home. But for the last time this season, before me and the boys have three well-deserved weeks off, or it's well-deserved in our opinion, whether you think we deserve them or not, we're not so sure. But it's the, for the last time, it's the Rogue Mystery Players Quiz. So as ever, this is player number one, clue number one. This player... Played for both of the Spartas, Moscow and Prague. Thomas Repka. It is not Thomas Repka. Never Repka, he wouldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't do yeah. both, yeah. Incorrect. Sorry. This 40 year old played 53 league games for West Ham. Kovac. Oh, I was about to say that. Radislav Kovac. James Jones? Yeah. What a start to the last Rogue Mystery Players quiz of the season. How's that? How have you pulled that one out? Big of the Radislav. How have you pulled that? Talk us through your thought process. Well, back, when did you play for West Ham? 2010? Oh, I mean, that would have been just further yeah, down around, the clues, wouldn't it? Around there, just before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for me, back then he was my alternative hammer of the year. I thought he was absolutely superb. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's, yeah, it's just, it just comes, well, comes like to me. I like that. 1-0 to James Jones in the last Rogue Mystery Players quiz of the season. The other clues were he was initially on loan and stayed for two years before he left for Basel. This centre midfielder has 30 international caps and is a countryman of Thomas Repka. Thomas Suchek and Ludo McClosko. Nice one from James Jones. 1-0 on the last Rogue Mystery Players quiz of the season. Player number two, clue number one. Despite winning the Premier League, this player never won an international cap. No guesses from the boys after clue number one. Clue number two. He played 142 games for West Ham, the most for any club in his career. So he played the most games for West Ham out of all the clubs he played for in his career. 
Clue number three. This six foot three, 43 year old played for Fulham and Blackburn either side of West Ham. Ooh. Still no guesses from the boys after clue number three. Clue number four. This versatile Englishman scored nine league goals for the Hammers between 1997 and 2004. Oh, that's a difficult one. Still though. nothing. The only person I think it's something from Andy Melville. <laughs> it's not Andy Melville. <laughs> I know he didn't win a title, but I'm not saying. 97 2004. So the last clue, clue number five for player number two. He shared a surname with one-time Hammers teammate, Stuart. Ian Ian Pearce. Oh! I mean, that was... Is that a draw? That is the first photo finish (laughs) we have had this season. So I tell you what, what we'll do, we'll we'll call that one a half a point each at the moment. I have got a a little decider in my (laughs) mind that I'll be able to quickly rustle up. So just in case Tom Edwards wins this next one, that was the first one. That was neck and neck. Absolutely mm. both said it at the same time. So, player number three, clue number one. This striker was born in the same year that England won the World Cup. No guesses from the boys. Clue number two. Besiktas, Bolton and Reading were some of his lesser known clubs. Brian Dean. He's not Brian oh, Dean. Oh, Benfica, not Bushitzers. <laughs> Clue number three. His only season for West Ham was the relegation campaign. Les Ferdinand. Oh, it is Les Ferdinand. Oh, James Wayne. Jones makes it to two, I don't know, what was that? Is two it, and a what? half to half, I think. Given he did me either the second way. One wrong. He did don't you either way. In. James Jones, you won the main Rogue Mystery Players quiz against me in the main league campaign. You've got a smile on your face that suggests you might have seen... The name's on my notes as I was reading them. No, no, but I, I know you're a trustworthy young man. Didn't. I took photos of you while you were reading it and put it up on social media. <laughs> and you can see that I can't see. Excellent. He's won three on the spin, which makes it all that much worse. I think He's won three. Three, three each now. And I think, that's, I think that's only fitting, to be honest, James. I, I can't remember who won the first Rogue Mystery Players quiz almost a year ago. But I would say we've done around 50 rounds since then. You certainly have been involved in all of those and it turns out that it may not have been for West Ham but it's been a winning season for you how do you feel? Yeah brilliant really good that's big team mentality right there for you I think um, I mean, I've had my low points and I've, you know, um, I mean I was what eight point eight clear of you at one point and then and then big swing in the league tables, back, uh, and then you know coming up against Tom yeah. lost the first three or four against Tom wasn't that worried about the results? It was all about fitness back Just then. Just about but, fitness in it, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy I've ended the season with a, with a couple of Oh, he's dragged it back in a big way, sadly. Um, just going into... We're going to decide what we're going to do next year for this last segment. Um, still yet to be confirmed, but you know, I'm glad I've taken some sort of you know, winning mentality into that. <laughs> a big team mentality in the Rogue Mystery Players quiz <laughs> from James Jones. Well, look, I think... It's safe to say that all of the listeners, any feedback we've had from friends, from listeners on Twitter, on the email, wearewestampod at gmail.com. If you want to get in touch with us over the summer, do feel free with feature ideas for next season or just your general thoughts on the Hammers. If you want a shout out, then absolutely fine. We'll, we'll do all those as well. But I think it's been a fairly successful feature, Jonesy, wouldn't you say? Some big support for the Rogue Mystery Players quiz all year long. Yeah, brilliant. People give us some good feedback on social media. Um, big shout out to Reese. 
massive shout out to Big Chris Master Reece Bayless. Bayless yeah. Chris Master Reese has been at superb. She was on the show a couple of weeks ago as well. So um, yeah, and hopefully we can we can follow that up with a, another another winning final segment of the pod. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, for the very last Rogue Mystery Players quiz of the season, Tom Edwards has come a kipper again for the third time in the show and for the third time in as many weeks. West Ham have certainly come a kipper this season. 16th place, two managers, protests against the board, but for some weird reason that I'm sure none of us will understand from the day we were born to the time we die, we're still here supporting West Ham whether we like it or not unfortunately that is the the claret and blue the claret and blue scarves the claret and blue shirts the claret and blue blood that runs through all of our veins thanks ever so much for all of you who's listening at home Jonesy I'll give you one final word before we say goodbye for the end of the season no I'll just echo what you just said but you know thank you for everyone for tuning in wherever you are in the world whatever platform you listen to whenever you listen uh, whether that's you know when we release it on a Wednesday morning or sort of nearer the next game or or whatever uh, on your commute to work or whatever it's a bit difficult in in lockdown but before then um but yeah i mean in, in just got to make sure that you tell your mates ahead of the next season and uh give us a review on whatever podcast platform because mm. that really does help us helps us get into to the rankings uh, helps us get a little bit bigger and um, yeah, we'd really appreciate if you could give us a, a five-star review and, and, and leave a review as well. Just just tell us we're great and, um, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we'll believe you. We'll yeah. pay you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> or just... just t- we could pay you. <laughs> t- 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 tell, tell us which of us that you, uh, that you find the most annoying and I promise I won't be offended if 90% of you say that it's me. I'll totally <laughs> understand. Tom, just one last word mm. from you for the end of the season. It's like, great to have you on board. Looking forward mm. to to next year but just one last word for you for your general yeah that's exactly thank you like what you all both said thank you for everyone for listening this year and next year we're only hopefully going to keep getting bigger and do more across all the socials and that's up to me on Instagram and everything but hopefully we'll give you more content across everything and just keep keep developing keep getting bigger and hopefully West Ham get some results next season we can actually be a bit jovial next year and have something to shout about to be honest but thank you to everyone listening and you too Exactly that. Can't say better than that. But like, like we've said, we've drummed it home already. Thanks very much to all of you who listen. A 16th place finish for West Ham this year. Let's hope, let's hope against all hope that David Moyes can be the Messiah that we all want him to be, that Philippe Anderson can come good and decide that he really, really, really likes London after all. And let's hope, of course, that David Martin starts every single game for West Ham next year. Thanks very much for listening, you lot. Up the hammers, and we'll see you next season. Hello there, I'm Tony Gale, and you are listening to We Are West Ham podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.